Hi everyone, welcome back to What's the Stitch with Ariane and Kat. No, Kat and Ariane. <laughs> Does it matter? I don't think it really matters what order. Well, which way is it written down? It's Kat and Ariane. Ah, uh, we'll start over. Oh, you're gonna redo the intro. Do We're not just gonna do have do banter. We're gonna have banter. All right, leave it in. Do we repeat again? No, 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 no. The podcast is Kat and Ariane. That's Kat. I'm Ariane. All right, you can tell I don't do the intro most weeks, but today here we are. Um, today we're going to be talking a little bit, giving you the updates on our lives and our current projects, and we're going to go ahead and talk through what makes a good pattern versus a bad or more challenging pattern. We're using examples from, you know, our past projects and past things we've tried, as well as just like tips and things that we've noticed about patterns in general to try to lead you in the right direction to finding a good pattern and not having to pay for patterns that are going to be really confusing and difficult to finish. We'll start with a little bit of filling y'all in on what we what we get up to outside of this podcast. I don't know. I guess I go to work and um, that's pretty nice. I've been spending time with my dog. It's like our last hot weekend in October. Uh, it's like 90-ish degrees outside every day this weekend. So I spend some time with the dog in the pool and she's been really happy about that. Although having a wet dog like just laying around my house all the time is super annoying. <laughs> Everything's just damp all day. Yeah, the spot on my bed where she lays after she plays in the pool is wet for a really long time. Just like whenever you pet her, she's kind of damp, but she does just sort of sleep for the rest of the day. And that's really nice that I can just like, like I spent the whole day working on my blanket because the dog was just chilling on like sleeping. And I watched Halloween movies, I watched a lot of show, just working on my blanket because I'm still in May. And it's October. <laughs> okay, yeah. So of my temperature blanket, I'm five months behind in my rows. So, you know, I have a lot of work to do, but I do one row and I swear it takes like a quarter skein of yarn to make one row. So mm-hmm. I do like three rows and then I have to buy, if they're all the same color, I have to buy more yarn after just doing three rows. Mm-hmm. So it's really annoying. I can't get very far. Well, it's like six feet across. Yeah. And it's like this tiny, like category four yarn, you know, and I'm trying to do this really huge blanket with it. So I just use so much yarn for every single row that I do, but it's gotten to the point. So the pattern is no longer the same in my blanket. It was making a, it's a triangle and then a parallelogram and then another triangle and you Mm -hmm. stack them together and that makes a rectangle yeah uh so i've completed the bottom triangle portion which is like a third of the year so now i'm making the triangle like adding the parallelogram version of it Mm -hmm. um so it's not the same where you just do the same row every time it's now like row a and then row b and then row a again and then row b again oh weird for like row after row for three months so um that's a little different you have a triangle and then the differentiation is making one side now a square. So you're like, instead of going across diagonally, I don't know how to explain this. You're just adding height now. Um, so instead of width and height, I'm just mm. adding height. Yeah. By doing like the row variation because it's corner to corner crochet, which is weird and different, but looks really cool on my blanket. Mm. So, you know, that's nice. But yeah, I feel like uh, when I make it, I have to use so much yarn to do every row and then I just do a few rows. And I'm like, oh, I need to buy more yarn again. <laughs> and it's hard to predict like what, like how fast I go through the yeah. yarn. You'd think I'd learn at this point, but I well, don't. And you don't want to buy a whole bunch of the same colors in case you don't ever use them. Yeah. Like because like, it gets cold and you never need the hot colors again. I know. I don't want to have a lot of leftover yarn because I have so much yarn already. Right. That's just kind of annoying to have uh, that much extra stuff laying around. But 
I like my blanket. It's enormous. It's yeah. probably like a queen size blanket, like the size of a queen size comforter. That's how big this blanket is turning out to be. It covers my entire oh, bed. Well, that'll be nice though once it's done. Eventually. Yeah. One in day. Like two years from now. It's been a long process. Yeah. If I'm this far behind, I'll probably still be pretty behind when January hits. And it You're trying be to done. be done by the end of the year? That's when it's supposed to be done. I mean, but did you start at the start of the year? I started in February. So okay. I was two months behind already. Yeah. But it's just getting more and more, more and more behind. Well, it takes time. I'm busy. I'm and not... then it gets bigger as you go. So then it takes even longer. Are you working on other projects too, though? Or are you just working on the blanket right now? Just the blanket. So I guess the blanket is the project I do like between projects when I mm-hmm. finally like get my life together. So we finished the ghosts for the Halloween episode. Right. And then the only other thing I was working on was sewing together this sweater that I have and it's almost totally sewn together but then it became 90 degrees and I was like I'm not gonna wear it this week (laughs) so instead of finishing seaming it I just decided to work on my blanket instead nice I think that's kind of it I'm sure I'll pick something else up you know yeah how about you what you working on um I guess life update we went my life update was just a project update yes it's just the whole life is work and crochet that's yeah and doggo you have time off work and I'm lazy and then I just crochet in my time off i don't know i've been working i went to my silks class today and i was feeling really like tight and just tired and like not super motivated when i went to this class today but then like three moves that i'd been like struggling to get down with the right technique i just like did them and i was like oh i did it right (laughs) so that was exciting so today i had like i've been struggling for a while to like invert from the air so it's basically like imagine you're hanging on the silks and you need to pull up and flip yourself upside down in the air with just your arms so i've been struggling to do that but i did that today um and i've done it before but it's always been like once and very difficult and today it just felt really easy so that was cool we had a scary movie night yes well it was at Ariane's house so she had to be there it was pretty fun though (laughs) we did halloween baking which was very very difficult Never again will we bake. So yummy. I'd rather bake like cupcakes or something. We made cake yeah, pops. Well, we tried. <laughs> that was so much work. We and made, yeah. So tired afterwards. We certainly should maybe stick to the yarn crafts because the baking, decorating is questionable. You know what's funny though is I like <laughs> listen to this podcast on Spotify that is a crochet podcast, mm-hmm. but one of the people they have a crochet and a baking company. <laughs> And they make, like, cocoa bombs, and they'll, like, oh, talk about, cute. like, I went to a craft market for my yarn, and then, like, I went to another craft market for my, like, baking. I was like, how do you have the time and the patience to have two separate, like, craft companies? Right. I guess if those are your your two businesses. Why do you need two? I don't know. How much money does one make? I, I don't you know. know. Maybe you need to have both. I guess cocoa would be more profitable. I mean, arguably. I like cocoa bombs. I feel like I see lots of, like crocheted stuff at craft fairs though i do and nowadays like that and i see like on tiktok all these people who are like here's all this stuff that i made for my craft booth or whatever or here's the things that i'm selling and the things that didn't sell i feel like farmers markets here like they have kids and stuff and kids want yeah. things like that if you get little make little like squishies too like little yeah stuffed tiny things there's i know there's like these like dinosaurs that are really really popular and multiple people make them and they're all mm-hmm. made from the same pattern, but like they're really popular and you can just mm-hmm. make a bunch of them and then like go to the market with them and 
yeah. the the stuff with the blanket yarn, like the velvet stuff. Those are really popular. I do like the velvet. The velvet plushies would be such a good holiday item. Yeah. Oh, because like there's like this one pattern I really like. It's like this chubby. It's kind of like a squishmallow, how it's like one round piece, but then there's like color work on it, you know? Okay. So it doesn't have limbs. It's just like one big round pillow, but it's a penguin and it's really cute. cute. And it just has like feet at the bottom. Oh, that does and seem cute. I feel like if we made that, people would love it. Yeah. Especially that kids. That sounds really cute. Anyway, project. Right now I'm still working on my blanket. I'm probably about halfway done. The pattern I found is like easy after you do like the first one and you know what you're doing. I just tend to forget like... I'll go a few days in between working on it and then I'll forget like, oh, what is this stitch or this like cluster? How do I do that? So then I have to look it up like every time and that's kind of annoying, but that's kind of just my memory thing. So put I together. Think. I know, but I have it saved so I can just go and look at them, but they have part of it is like a double crochet cluster in that pattern. And so that's like written on the pattern, but then some of the other like stitches and things that you use. I had to like Google and find them and then save them because otherwise I'm looking them up like every couple days. Mm, that's pretty annoying. Um, you just need to work on your brain. Do some of those like mind dude, exercises. My memory. I'm a little worried for when I'm old. <laughs> my memory sucks. Like people ask like simple things or memories or whatever. And I like for the life of me cannot remember. Oh, it's so wild. don't store them in your brain. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. My brain just like doesn't know which things to care about, I guess to like retain it's kind of a bummer i know it's confusing you're just gonna live like this forever yeah i don't know it's all over i don't know cool well yeah topic this week is um what makes a good pattern what's a bad pattern and then like some examples what we look for resources where to get patterns all the jazzy things related to finding instructions to make your next project (laughs) so we're going to start with like generic concept ideas for what a good pattern versus a bad pattern is like just overarching um like things that we tend to see so for example i would call a good pattern generally something that if there is like a unique stitch concept or something that is sort of confusing not typically done like a technique that's not common in a lot of patterns it's nice if there's some photos Mm -hmm. you know so you can kind of see what the work is looking like as you're doing it so you know that you're kind of on the right track stuff like that i also love having stitch counts at the end of the rows so that you can like make instead of just being like oh it's six inches long it's like this many rows at the end and mm-hmm. this number of stitches at the end of your row so you can make sure that it's going to be the shape and look like what it's supposed to look like so like being really specific in a pattern that's something i really like in a good pattern i'm not mm-hmm. into like vague concepts or made to measure patterns i would call that it's not necessarily a bad pattern if it's made to measure i just Mm -hmm. think that it's a little too like vague and left up to the person so like that's more of like an advanced concept than a beginner concept because you're constantly like oh am i doing it right is it big enough so yeah it's not like that it's just not my favorite and sometimes like it'll matter later in rows if you have the right number of stitches even if it's like the right size but if your gauge is off and like it's not consistent if you don't you're like 20 stitches stitches and then later you're supposed to have like three decreases and now it's this number like if you had the wrong amount to start out with it's going to matter later yeah it should tell you how many you're supposed to have (laughs) plus like why not just say how much it is 
like how many stitches it is in the gauge that you're working in to be at that size. That is the measurement, right? Having a gauge, that's a good pattern thing to have. Yeah. (laughs) That's a concept of a good pattern. I don't know if I've seen a pattern that doesn't have a gauge yet, though. I have seen them. I, for like plushies, I wouldn't say that you really Mm. need a gauge or like an amigurumi. You don't really need a gauge. So, like, some of the patterns I've made, I don't necessarily, you don't really need a gauge for it because if it's a stuffed animal and you're using the right category of yarn, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, how big it's a stuffed animal. I mean, what if you want it to be small? You know, use a smaller yarn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Other things I would say like bad patterns. It kind of seems like maybe somebody didn't read this before they published it or you didn't Mm -hmm. have anyone else read it. And there's like typos or like if somebody does put in their stitch count, but and it has repetitions and you're like, do this five times and Mm -hmm. it equals 20. But then it doesn't because they did their math wrong (laughs) and nobody noticed. Yeah. That's a bad pattern. I feel like I've definitely worked on one of those and I don't remember what it was for now, but there was one pattern I was working on where it was like, you do all this in the row. And then at the end it was like 25 stitches. And I was like, but it's not like I did all those things and it's 24. (laughs) They just did the math wrong and they typed it in wrong. But then I'm like, am I doing it wrong? Am I forgetting something like typos suck? What am I missing? And they're frustrating. That's a bad pattern right there. Yeah. Um, I feel like other bad pattern generic things are like um, when you go to buy a pattern and it doesn't tell you what yarn you need to buy because it's behind a paywall. And like, I understand that you want to make people pay for your patterns. But like, if I am trying, if I already have yarn and I want to see if this pattern works for my yarn and you don't tell me what yarn you need, I'm not going to spend money to find out that it doesn't work, you know, with my yarn. So mm-hmm. you have to tell me what size yarn to buy with this pattern because like not everyone's at the store every time they're making a pattern. Sometimes you use yarn you already have. And if you're looking for something for that specific yarn, you should be able to know if the pattern is going to work before you pay for it. Yeah. That's why I like Ravelry because it does, it does all of them say what kind of yarn you need mm-hmm. before you get the pattern. It's like a very nice like index of things for the pattern and then you can decide if you want to buy it or not so you can search like buy yarn weight or buy object and like see if you check all the boxes that is really nice yeah i think besides for those things you have all the materials that you should need the yarn maybe the amount of yarn yeah that's that's at least in the pattern it would be nice if it was ahead of buying the pattern but at least in the pattern because you never want to like literally be so close to being done with your pattern and be like oh i bought like one less than I needed because <laughs> it didn't tell you how much you yeah needed. you're like I just had to estimate and I was wrong and now I can't finish this until I have money to go get more yarn and I have time to go back to Joanne's or wherever I came from like <laughs> yeah that's really annoying especially if you're using you're trying to be done with it you're almost done yeah and then you run out you're using like yarn from your stash and you're like I have three skates and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna buy more yarn right does it work yeah exactly definitely it's nice to be able to use like things you already have I just, also like, love it when it tells you the difficulty of the pattern Mm -hmm. i feel like it should tell you if it's a beginner or advanced pattern and if it has like if it is an advanced pattern if there are like specialty stitches Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll tell you in the description before you buy it if there are like really unique stitches that are like considered advanced so you can see like is that something i know how to do Mm -hmm. um then i can buy the pattern like it's kind of like a material it's like a yeah. It's like a technique that you should know before you make it. Even like 
well, even if they're not super advanced or like made up stitches just for that pattern, like having them in the description before you buy it, just like this pattern uses like single crochets, double crochets, slip stitches, and whatever else. Like just writing out all of those. Because even if they're basic stitches, but if you're starting out, you're like, well, I don't want to buy something that has like Eight five stitches. other stitches that I've never done before. I want to buy something that's like mostly made up of stitches that I already know how to do. Yeah, that's nice. I That's helpful. I don't find it incredibly important because if you're yeah. telling me like, oh, it's for a beginner, you kind of know. Like their judgment and also like if you're self-taught, what you know how to do might not be like, I don't know, like the beginner level. I feel like yeah. you're so like flexible. Like we don't have program levels where it's like, learn these stitches. Yeah. Here's your yellow belt. Learn these stitches. Here's your black belt. Yeah. Because I was like, well, my first project was a little bit of ribbing and then like, I don't know, it was like half double crochets. Yeah. And double crochets in whatever the ribbing was. Well, so there's like the back loop stitches. Yeah. Back loop only something or other. And like, then for the next project, I was like, well, I want things that are mostly those same things so that yeah. it's not a whole bunch of learning new stitches. Yes, that's true. You want to like already work on what you know and then like add in stuff. So that's I don't know. A good base. Yeah. Know? Once you're like probably more advanced, it's probably less important. Because you already have the foundations. But when you're starting out, it's nice, it's nice to know before you, like, pay for a pattern. Well, that's going to take us in to our, like, more specific stuff. I would say a, a topic I do want to, like, a sub-mini topic. I was wondering if you have, I guess, thoughts for if you're doing good versus bad patterns. Are you someone who loves their, like, video tutorials versus, like, do you mm. want a ton of photos? Or do you want, like, written instructions? Do you, like short concise instructions or do you like instructions that have like full-on sentences or you're just like give me the abbreviations with my parentheses <laughs> the repetitions as long as the math adds up like it's fine i'll break it down i don't mm. need it to be really long and wordy there's a lot of different styles for patterns yeah and just wondering about your thoughts because some are good some are bad some are like i'll take it or leave it yeah i think for me it can be difficult because everyone who writes a pattern like everybody's brain works a little bit differently so they're like, oh, this wording makes sense and it's how I've used it and read it before to do this thing. But then other people who are reading it might be like, why would they say it that way when it's like everybody else says it this way? Or like in my brain, it makes more sense to say it with another like wording, right? So I think for me, what's most useful and it granted it is a lot more work for the pattern maker, but like if you do have somewhere in your pattern where you have like more explanation or some kind of video on like the parts that are con more confusing maybe it doesn't have to be like written into the entire pattern but if you have a section of like this stitch thing or like little note like underneath the row or like pictures of like what you're trying to explain in the pattern <laughs> mm. for me it's helpful to have like some kind of resource that does a little more explanation than you might find just like in the pattern written out i guess yeah i feel yeah. like if there is like a special stitch you're creating like a technique if you're saying like this is what makes up a cluster mm -hmm. like i want like a good description about that but yeah. if it's like a stitch that everybody should theoretically know mm -hmm. you can just call it the stitch and if i don't know what it is i'm gonna look for like a youtube video on right. how to do that specific if stitch it's, if it's like a widely used stitch or something you can just say it and like maybe write your abbreviation like you know what is it dc equals like double crochet yeah, you have standard abbreviations and don't then, invent them yeah and then you can look up that but if you have like a weird tricky part or it's like and i think we'll get more examples later but if it's kind of like oh you do this and then you start 
like skip however many and then start in this one and then do two change and then two, <laughs> two chains and then like skip some more and start in the 16th one from like the left side of the fourth stitch on the like <laughs> so confusing like have a video sometimes more words does not help <laughs> and i think photos can be a little hard for me or like beginner crocheters to really pick out what they're trying to even show if you you can't see the stitches or you can't recognize the stitches yeah visually, photos don't necessarily always help i think video for me has been the easiest when i'm stuck to be like okay fine let me just watch them if it's a and fast see what video. they're doing don't yeah, spend 20 minutes it. doing this like just quick this is what we're talking about you know and especially if you're if you're a seller who's maybe like gotten questions before like in their reviews or sent to their inbox or whatever of like this part is confusing and then they like you have to respond to everybody and be like oh this is what i meant like you could either update the pattern pdf or you could like add in a video link and be like oh here's what i meant yeah like, let me just show you so that you can stop all asking me. Like, if everyone <laughs> says it's confusing, it's confusing, and you need to, like, make some adjustments in the future. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're now going to get a little bit more specific about what we would say a good versus bad uh, pattern example would be. Things that we find, like, really confusing all the time, or things that would be, like, and just kind of break down the pattern mm-hmm. for you a bit. So, like, when you're shopping for a pattern, when you've opened your pattern, you kind of know what to expect i mean a pattern can be anywhere from like five to like 30 pages in a pdf it can be really overwhelming to look at this pdf all at once and be like i don't even know like what's going on anymore i've never seen a pattern before it's just like really (laughs) overwhelming so Mm -hmm. we're gonna start like with a generic good pattern and then uh we're gonna throw in some stuff where like it's done like this and we like it this is nice um, but you might see it like this. This is bad. This is confusing. <laughs> we wouldn't recommend, like, if you see a pattern like this and it's free, it might not be the best for you. You might want to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've gotten to the point where you, like, found your good pattern, um, which we would say would be, like, like we said earlier, it tells you your materials, stitches, difficulty level, kind of yarn you want to buy, and you mm-hmm. purchased it and you're committed Um, this is what you might expect when you open your PDF. So I guess this is a PDF versus like a blog, but a blog pattern is going to be sort of similar. It's just going to be interjected with ads. (laughs) Um, so you've opened your PDF pattern. There's usually some sort of like intro page with like a photo and it's like the designer is like, Hey, thanks for buying this. And they'll tell you how to reach out to them potentially, or like a tiny bit about their company or like a little description of the pattern there's like a photo of the finished product you're like oh this is cute this is what i want and then usually there's some sort of like copyright notice it'll tell you if you can sell the items you make from the pattern or if you should not do that uh like don't post their photos don't steal their concepts you know usually some sort of notice at the beginning once you get past that intro i find typically there's gonna be it'll tell you it should tell you a good pattern will tell you if it's written in like uk english or american Mm -hmm. english because those terms for crochet are actually like incredibly different so um most of them will be american and it'll say if it is uk it'll probably tell you written in uk terms but like most of the time you can assume it's us terms if you're buying a pattern in english Mm -hmm. but the abbreviations for uk terms are slightly different so you might be like this doesn't look normal. I've never heard of these abbreviations, like probably written in UK terms and that's Mm -hmm. why they're slightly different. It should tell you the skill level. It should have a gauge swatch for you. 
if this is any sort of like wearable item it should have a gauge the gauge i think should definitely be in the description before you buy it though mm. because if you are using a yarn um, that you already have and you want to know if it's going to work if you do the gauge and it fits the gauge then you like i feel like that's another way versus just being like buy a bulky yarn if it right. fits the gauge then you know that like it's going to turn out well um, or if you need to go buy other yarn so i like having that in the description but mm -hmm. it should be in the pattern if yes this is any sort of wearable sweater hat yeah like whatever it should be in there should always tell you what hooks you need to use and then what yarn they used in the pattern and what size yarn and how much yarn those are really nice descriptions it should be like i bought five skeins then you know like is it expensive right or if you want to use a different size yarn uh, or like a different brand of yarn that's the same size if it has the gauge then you can be like well, I bought like a non-wool version of this yarn, but it's the exact same gauge, so it's going to work. Mm -hmm. That's handy dandy. And then it should tell you also a list of the stitches that are used in the pattern. And these are usually always abbreviated in the pattern. So no one ever really writes out single crochet or chain in their pattern. It's always going to be abbreviated. And it's always this, it should be the same standard abbreviation that everybody uses in every pattern a single crochet is always sc a chain is always ch like these are all really standard yeah. abbreviations that you should be using mm -hmm. so that they're like recognizable but there should always be a key for like what they actually mean here's a question that i probably should know the answer to but when they have a gauge listed and it's like oh 20 stitches like do like nine rows of 20 whatever the gauge swatch is what kind of stitches are you supposed to do? Does it depend on the pattern? It will depend on the pattern. If you're buying a skein of yarn from the store, mm -hmm. as gauge is always done in single crochet usually. Mm -hmm. But if you're using a pattern that like literally never uses a single crochet, mm -hmm. is like done with only like half double crochets or post stitches or something, um, it should tell you in your gauge what type of stitches to do. So like this one I'm looking at right now is like the hat is made in half double crochets. Mm -hmm. So the gauge, it says seven half double crochet by five rows. And that mm -hmm. is your gauge square. So it says like if it doesn't say it probably assumed to be single crochet, but it should tell you if it's anything but a single crochet. And then gotcha. gauge squares are usually four inches by four inches, mm -hmm. but some of them will be like different if it's especially if it's like a bulky yarn you can only do like one whole row or something yeah so it will like give you an adjustment if the gauge square isn't standard which is four by four inches or 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters right it's that's typical so this pattern i'm looking at an example of a more maybe less well-made pattern more confusing um and so this one's gauge it says 20 s by 9 r equals four inches and it tells you which hook to use. It's probably safe to assume that's just a single crochet, even though you don't use single crochets in the pattern. I would assume, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I assume R stands for rows. I imagine it's um, like stitches by rows or something. But Yeah, because I guess S could stand for stitches, which is confusing. Or Because they have ST as stitch in the glossary. Is S the UK abbreviation for a single crochet? I don't think this one was the UK pattern, but oh, is that written this in is, US terms? I think this one was the US terms. Oh dear. Well, 
that I don't know then that's just confusing you shouldn't if yeah. you use any abbreviation in your pattern you need to have an abbreviations <laughs> key do not just they assume have one. it's just there's no it's, s in there all right well then maybe it's a typo or they just uh, okay. like messed up but already I don't like that because you shouldn't <laughs> have that left to your imagination even in like the first step is the mm-hmm. gauge and you already are confused that's rough it's a red flag for the pattern um <laughs> Yeah, I would maybe skip that pattern. Just throw it in the trash already because I don't like it. Once you get that far in your pattern, um, yeah, materials, how much yarn, your gauge, abbreviations. If they've, like, invented any stitches, there's Mm -hmm. sometimes there's, like, a special stitch section or it'll just be in the abbreviation section um, and it'll have, like, it'll, like, if you did, like, a bobble stitch, there's probably not an abbreviation for a bobble um, it probably just type mm-hmm. bobble, uh, but it should tell you like how to make that stitch. Right. If they invented this like abbreviation, then there should be like a detailed set of instructions for how to do that like combo. Because yeah. if you're gonna say like this clump of four things equals this new combo, and that is gonna be abbreviated in my pattern every time it comes up, mm-hmm. then you need to tell me how to do that because that's not a standard like set you invented this so you need to have like legit instructions for right. how to do that like like if combination you're, if you're gonna refer to it later as like bobble stitch then you need to have like a bobble stitch is made up of like two chains and whatever and four single crochets and then all in the same whatever you know yeah you need you to have to have like, somewhere where you can like super specific know that that's what they're referring to i would also love to tell you right now that there is no single crochet single crochet stitch in the uk terms so i don't know what that s stands what? for okay well <laughs> what, is, what do they do when it's a single crochet they call it a double crochet well it's not well <laughs> in like they, they call it like there's two loops on the hook and you go through both so to them that's a double we just oh. call it a single crochet so it's just different but yeah that yeah. doesn't exist in uk terms so i don't know what that s could possibly that's mean crazy. it maybe it does mean stitch it must but they just didn't put the t I don't know. It's just a typo. But stitch? What kind of stitch? If you have a typo, good luck. What kind of stitch would that be? Like? A stitch from hell? I don't know. Treble crochets are the only stitch. That's a real stitch. Yeah. Those are the only stitch in this pattern, really. I don't know. Maybe it just means... Maybe it does mean stitch, which is the treble crochet. I guess so. I don't know. If you're guessing, don't use it. (laughs) You're already guessing. There's also generally... Some sort of, like, generic notes section for the pattern, mm-hmm. which aren't going to be, like, your abbreviations. It's just going to be, like, there's multiple sizes listed. Make sure you're always looking at the right size. Mm-hmm. Or it's worked in rounds versus rows. Or, like, there's sewing involved, see assembly. Or it'll tell you if, like, the chain at the beginning of the row counts as a stitch or doesn't count as a stitch. Mm-hmm. If your math isn't quite working out check the pattern notes it'll usually tell you if like you're doing something that is only double crochets if it says chain two at the beginning of the row most of the time that does not count as a stitch and it should tell you in the notes whether or not the chain at the beginning Mm -hmm. counts as a stitch or not because that throws off a lot of people in the beginning that definitely gets confusing i found that most patterns that i've used don't make a distinction on whether that should count or not i feel like because usually it doesn't if yeah. it does count, it will tell you. Or it's like chain two, do 14 stitches, and at the end you have 15. Then you're like, oh, it counts, you know? Yeah, which but is that dumb. does get confusing, so they should just say it. It should tell you in a good pattern, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know, something gets left out, maybe they won't tell you. And one more thing off of like one of your examples is when they have like 
multiple sizes in a pattern. People kind of do it different ways, but what I've seen is that like small, medium, and large will all be different colors. So then on each row, they'll be like red means small. So like five stitches, blue is medium, would be 10, whatever, purple is large, and that would be like 15. And then you would like only follow your color as you go through the pattern. Yeah, I like the color coding. Sometimes they don't do color coding. Sometimes it's like pages two through four are for small, Mm -hmm. pages four through eight are for medium. And then you just like only look at your pages listed. Yeah, that's also fun. Um, I do like that option too. But then I think on every page, it needs to tell you what size. Because Mm -hmm. if you like close your PDF and then open it and you scroll and you're like, okay, we're doing the border now. But then you're looking at the border for the medium instead of the large that you were working on. You like wouldn't necessarily notice because at the top of the page, it didn't say like medium. You were just in the wrong page chunk for your size, but it's like a 50 page PDF and like you might just get, you just might forget what chunk of pages are for your size. So I think every single page needs to be listed yeah, like in the bottom somewhere. corner, like page two, medium, page four, medium. Yeah, something like that. You're going to forget. And like, if you are doing your sizes like that, I think that's really helpful. But, you know, not everybody does that. You know, whatever. At this point, you've probably hit like the actual instructions for your pattern. <laughs> After those like 10 pages of <laughs> like descriptions and notes and like no. things you should definitely read before you start the pattern. Because yeah. if you just jump into your pattern, you're probably not going to like know what's going on or you're gonna miss the thing that said the chain does count as a stitch and you didn't notice and as soon as you get confused you'll be like halfway through your pattern and you'll realize that you're doing it wrong it's too late because you didn't read the note yeah you should have read the notes man you should have done your gauge (laughs) but now we're like in the real pattern and most of them are written pretty like similarly the like the one i'm looking at now it'll say like your rows are listed one two three four whatever you know but the foundation chain usually never counts as a row, mm-hmm. so it'll be listed, like, before your row, or it'll, like, row one will be your foundation chain, and then doing your row of stitches in that chain, and that's, like, row one. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, kind of two rows, but the chain doesn't usually count. Things that I like when you are in the actual pattern section would be stuff that's putting the number of stitches at the end of each row. I find that to be extremely helpful. I also like it when it there's like consistency so you see that uh if it says like chain one turn it's always either written at the beginning or the end of your row it doesn't Mm -hmm. like go back and forth it's always sort of like set there's like little sections in your pattern that'll say like make arms times two make feet times two and they're like sectioned off or like in different colors so you can easily like differentiate you know there's Mm -hmm. like a good bit of design that has gone into like the formatting of your pdf so you can clearly tell the sections apart like there are headings the rows are like in bold or just there's some sort of like differentiation for different things it's not just like somebody wrote an essay and you kind of have to go through it like these are you know these are not your ikea instructions these are helpful and easy to look at and Mm -hmm. so i do enjoy stuff like that where you see uh, consistency in how they do stitch sequences. So if it's in a parentheses, it'll always tell you um, like single crochet, double crochet outside the parentheses times five. So that's two stitches in your sequence times five. And then at mm-hmm. the end, it'll say 
10 stitches. So if you're doing any sort of sequencing, I think it's important to put the number of stitches at the end mm-hmm. so that people can make sure they're really doing it properly. And I think the way you write each sequence should be the same style every time. Yeah, you same like structure of your yeah, explaining your row. Like pick your formatting, keep it consistent throughout. Don't switch it up because that's really <laughs> yeah. annoying and confusing. Do your math, make sure yeah. it works. Yeah, and typically like on the repeating like sections a lot of times they'll do like asterisks i hate like, that asterisk things asterisks times whatever use parentheses <laughs> that's easy. interesting i I think i've more often seen it in asterisks i don't really mind either way as long as it's very clear like what your section is and how many times you're supposed to repeat it this pattern my example of of a not great pattern basically the way they do it they have asterisk here's your stitches asterisk equals 21 blocks so i i assume that I would interpret that as repeat that 21 times, but it doesn't actually say to do that. <laughs> yeah, you should probably. I like it when they take a sequence um, with like generic terms and they put it in their notes section and then they tell mm-hmm. you how to interpret that. So if I write right. parentheses, two single crochet, comma, double crochet, parentheses, times five, mm-hmm. period, 10, then you'll put that in the description and then you'll be like, you see this as you do two, a sequence of two single crochets and then one double crochet and you repeat that five times mm-hmm. for a total of this number of stitches at the end of your row. Yeah. So like if you are going to put some sort of like sequencing aspect in your pattern, it's probably a good idea to put like an mm-hmm. example and be like, this is how you read that. Yeah. Just if there's anything like out of the regular that you're writing in your pattern, it's nice to have it referenced somewhere so that when people get stuck they can look at it because as much as you think it makes sense and maybe the couple people who have read it think it makes sense there's always going to be somebody who's like that wording does not make any sense to my brain so it's just nice to have like here is it more explained in different words maybe that will help you know yeah like just because you use a ton of abbreviations to Mm -hmm. make your pattern like look shorter or simpler that does not make it easier you can use so many abbreviations that like no one knows what's going on anymore and maybe you (laughs) did get like a five sentence row down to like two sentences but like no one knows what's happening anymore we're not not trying to like lower the word count on the pattern You're like, it needs to be understandable. Like, don't just throw in abbreviations because it looks cooler. Right. Like, I need to be able to understand what's going on. Another good thing is if you do have something confusing, usually there are a certain number of photos in your pattern that are, like, throughout, like, one photo per section. Usually what I've seen is, like, when you get to the end of a section heading, it'll have a photo of your work up until that point. So you'd be like, oh, it says make the brim of your hat. Here's a photo of the brim. And the next section is like joining. Here's a picture of it joined. So it's like steps one through 20 photo, steps 20 through 25 photo. So it's just like as we get from chunk to chunk, there's like progress pictures. Right. Um, And that makes sense because you can follow along that you're actually like your thing looks the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'm doing the stitches. Double check that you're nothing weird is happening. Yeah, I don't need a bajillion photos because you're going to throw in a bajillion photos just making a YouTube tutorial, you know? Yeah, and the very specific photos, like, here's this section of the of the thing. It, it can be hard to read, like, what stitches am I looking at? And, like, what am I... Is your picture really good what quality? What row are we talking about? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, if you're telling me where to put the eyeball on my plushie, 
Like, if you have a picture out. of the plushie <laughs> and then you're like, I put the eyeball about here, that's, like, kind of easier to me than being, like, put it on row, like, 10 between stitches, like, 20 and 30. Yeah, I it's, like, it's easier every to, like, stitch. show a photo and be, like, kind of position the eyes, like, as I have done in this picture and yeah. then sew them on. You know, I think that's yeah. a little bit easier or, like... And, but, I mean, you can write, if you want it, at the, at the base of that picture, like, oh, it's on row 10 whatever yeah like a description but like have a picture photo. also yeah <laughs> if you're joining yarn in a certain place on a pattern like if you've made a portion of it and you're picking it back up later to like mm-hmm. add a sleeve or something if there is a photo saying like this is where you join the yarn for like this new thing which is row whatever mm-hmm. like having a photo and being like it's generically over here yeah that is helpful yeah yeah besides pictures i think those are really important if you're doing, like, assembly for, like, an amigumari, I think it should have pictures to be, like, this is where you put the arms. And, right. <laughs> um, this is what it looks like at the end. Because that's a little bit more complicated of a pattern. It's going to be really hard to describe where to sew on a piece. I think having a photo is just a little bit simpler, more concise. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, you're not making me do a lot of math. You're not making me, like count all these rows in this color that's hard to see or like all these stitches that are hard to differentiate just be like have a photo put the arm kind of over here parallel yeah it's a little bit simpler i feel like those are all of the really nice things about having a pattern progress photos stitch counts color coding Mm -hmm. obvious headers obvious sections doing a lot of like making sure everything's abbreviated properly making sure that there's no errors in your math or spelling Especially spelling for your abbreviations, because that's going to throw everybody off. <laughs> yeah. I do think if you are struggling with your pattern a bit, we do have some resource suggestions for you. Because maybe you are, like, the only person you know that crochets, uh, and you're stuck on something and you don't have anyone to ask. I mean, the first thing I would say would be, like, ask somebody else to help you. If you know someone that crochets, get them to decipher this mess that you're trying to read uh even if they don't crochet if you just say like so they don't know what the abbreviation means they might just be able to like figure out what the sequence is that your brain like will not understand for some reason Mm -hmm. like you could be like can you just read this sentence and tell me what it means right like does this make sense to you yeah and they'll be like oh you just do this thing five times and that's what it's saying you know like oh i just like Sometimes you're staring at the thing for so long and it you overcomplicate it in your head, too. Yeah, like, maybe you're just not, like, a very good visual learner or reading learner or whatever that's called. Right. Or you're just, like, in the middle of it and it's frustrating and you're, like, confused. Yeah, instead and... of rage quitting, ask for help just <laughs> yeah. from somebody. And if they don't understand it because they don't crochet, well, there are some other steps for you to try. If it is a stitch that you don't understand how to make... Mm-hmm. I would try Googling it because mm-hmm. if you don't understand, like, even if they do describe it, if they say, like, this is a double crochet and then they have written instructions for it, but you don't understand what it means, mm-hmm. Google it. Maybe somebody wrote it in just a different way and it's more easy to understand now or there's a video tutorial mm-hmm. and you can just watch how they made it and that's going to be a lot easier. And then you're like, oh, okay, like, that's what this person was writing mm-hmm. and you could just move on with your life. You don't have to sit there struggling for eternity. Right. And it takes like 10 seconds usually for them to be like, here is a video of that stitch. And there's so many videos. Yeah. In different colors and like different levels of 
the video quality that you can watch and see how it goes and you can just yeah not have to struggle so much which is really annoying if it's like a sequence that you don't understand or you can't figure out like where to pick up stitches or where to insert your hook mm-hmm. or something random like that i would try emailing the designer especially if you bought it on etsy you can send a message with like your specific purchase so that way they already mm-hmm. know what you're talking about and that's super easy and most of the time like they will get back to you because you there's like analytics about like do you respond to messages fast enough no. and that impacts your etsy store rating it's good to know um so like if you do like ask a question about a product or have an issue with a product and then they never get back to you that like impacts their store mm-hmm. so there's more of a chance that they're going to get back to you or if you're finding it on their blog there might be a place where you can send them an email mm-hmm. and ask and be like i just need more help with this like the way you wrote it is just really confusing and i don't understand it can you explain it again or do yeah. you have any more photos about this or i just like need some help yeah that's super dandy and then Another thing I found to be super helpful is if you are doing a pattern and you do struggle with a section that's just really complicated, there is a really good chance that a lot of other people struggle (laughs) with that exact same set of instructions. Like, Mm -hmm. that specific part, like, row 12 is complicated. (laughs) Like, I bet you everyone else struggles with it. So if you look at the reviews for the pattern, a lot of the times it'll tell you, like, this one part was sort of difficult for me. And if someone has figured it out, sometimes they'll post it in the review and they'll say mm-hmm. like, this is what it meant. Or I found this typo in it and it was really like 25 stitches. And if you just know that going in, your math works out the whole time and it comes out perfect. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know that you're like going to struggle. Right. So sometimes like simpler solutions are posted in the That's reviews helpful. and can tell you like, right away that there was an issue and like if you just know that already yeah then you can make the adjustment and you're you're totally fine but obviously people who make their patterns should read the reviews and be like oh there's an error let me fix that and yeah again to recommend like maybe take a look at the reviews before you buy a pattern and like see if those if there's a lot of people with the same question um and whether or not that's been answered or like responded to by the host what's by the the, the designer yeah the designer or like anybody else has the answer then that probably works out too yeah if everyone questions the same thing and then they never get help with it by the person who made it mm-hmm. it's just a, an eternally a problem like you're probably going to try to make that pattern and have the same issue and then get really confused and then never finish it so yeah. maybe that's not the pattern for you if yeah. you're not like really determined <laughs> <laughs> you might not want to make that if you know there's a typo going in and you just there's no way to fix it yeah because sometimes people don't get back to you and then you struggle forever and you're really sad. Mm-hmm. So maybe don't do that. An extra step you can do are there are a lot of um, Facebook crochet and knitting groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can join those, this is usually some for like the area where you live or there's like bigger ones like YouTube channels and stuff will have their own Facebook groups for people that like subscribe to them and follow to them. And they'll just talk about patterns and you can usually just ask to join and they'll let you in and there's like certain mm-hmm. rules but um they don't really mind and then what you could do is because you can't really post like full patterns in the facebook group if they're like behind a paywall you might be able to post like a photo of like the certain steps that are confusing you and ask for help or you can like 
type in the two rows that are confusing you and be like, this is what it says. What does this mean? I have no idea. Like, I can't fix this. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you want to ask a friend, but you don't know anybody that crochets. So like, you're asking someone on Facebook and people are really nice and they'll help you decipher what it means and you don't really know them, but yeah. you're just like, help me. And they're yeah. like, oh, I know what this means because this is just a thing that you haven't encountered, but I have. Yeah. That's very helpful. Yeah. People are very helpful. Also, like, we found around where we live, there's, like, yarn stores that have, like, kind of a community with them that will do, like, community yarn events or whatever, where you just, like, work on whatever you're working on with people. And I bet there are, like, places in a lot of areas that have, like, a community like that where somebody would be willing to, like, show you if you're really stuck on something and you bring your project, they can probably show you what to do. Yeah, a lot of yarn stores do, like, bring your project nights Mm -hmm. sometimes there's like a fee that goes with it or Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like the group is making they're all making the same project um and you can join those and then like learn by doing the project with them so you get get that like in-person help and Mm -hmm. you're able to ask somebody for help while you're there but sometimes they're nice and you can bring your own project and they don't really care what it is and you could just go and socialize and sit and you chat but you ask for help and then you know, like, technically, you can make friends if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> if you like them, like, now you have, like, crochet buddies, you know? Yeah. So that's nice. One day, I mean, we hope to have our own, like, Facebook and, like, subreddit where you can... An email! We have an email! Do we have an email now? <laughs> we have now? an email. Oh, it's look at us go. Uh, what's the stitch dot pod at gmail.com. Is, is there a... What? What is it called? I don't it's, know. It's like the comma, but it's a thing. <laughs> An, an apostrophe? apostrophe? Yeah. No, there's no apostrophe in okay. the email address. <laughs> um, it's just what's the stitch dot pod at Gmail. So you can email, like, if you have a problem with your pattern and you need help or questions about your pattern or I don't understand what this means, you know, send it in and then we yeah. can help, we can answer it or we can email you back or we can talk about it on the podcast and give you mm-hmm. a shout out because you're cool. But yeah, there's an email or you can, like, Leave a comment in our YouTube videos with problems. Because mm-hmm. um, we also have a YouTube now. Wild. Let's go. What's the Stitch with Kat and Arion? Our Halloween YouTube review is out there. You can watch it. It's really fun. Oh, you can see what we look like. So we're not just voices in the abyss. Crazy. It's, Maybe you'll learn whose voice is whose right? if you don't know yet. It's the exact same content, just video yeah. added. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, but hopefully we'll have like community pages where... You can ask questions um, to other people because maybe we're not around all the time to, mm-hmm. like, shout you out in the podcast. But you can just be like, oh, you guys listen to it, too. And then we're all crocheters. <laughs> and, and, like, I need help. And you mm-hmm. can post questions and um, let other people get back to you about stuff because maybe you don't want to wait two weeks for this to happen for you to get your question <laughs> answered. Right. Yeah. Pause on the project for two weeks. For a really long time. Yeah, but I think that's yeah. probably about everything for today. I mean, we spent we spent a lot of time on this. Yeah, I think that's the basics of it. A lot of stuff goes um, into patterns. Yeah. A lot of it really, for, for pattern makers, is just to be a little bit self-aware of, like, the, the way it sounds in your head doesn't always, like, make sense to everybody else. And to have people take a look at it, like, a couple different people, ideally who crochet, but you could have someone check for just, like, grammar and typos and stuff and the math and then ideally someone else who crochets to go look through it and be like does this make sense to me Um, and just be responsive to people and willing to like update your patterns if you're getting 
a lot of the same feedback. Yeah. yeah. Ask for help if you need it. That's really mm-hmm. important. Don't think you're just like suffering alone because there are ways, even if you don't actually know anybody that does this, there are ways for you to get help online. Yeah. There's already Facebook pages and like subreddits and stuff that will be a place where you can post these things for now. Until um, you until, get buddies. Until we have a little platform and you can have yeah. a little crochet friend circle. We can have meetups and yeah, drink <laughs> together and ask questions. I wish I liked wine. That would be the whole vibe. Like, well, I don't think we're old enough to like wine. <laughs> I don't know. Not, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to like wine. Really <laughs> we're not really old. No, we're on the younger side. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll have another episode in about two weeks from now. It'll be probably we're going to alternate, I think, between YouTube episodes and audio only episodes. Mm-hmm. So you can check out those on our What's the Stitch YouTube and then podcast episodes are going to be out wherever you watch or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're out there and those are also mm-hmm. going to be every two weeks. But it's the exact same content on the podcast that you get on the YouTube. It's just the video is really nice. There's sometimes mm-hmm. things we can't really describe super well. So if you go and watch them, it's like a bit of a more fun experience. It's more mm-hmm. uh, descriptive for you. So you should check those out and yeah. leave questions about patterns or comments or like what you think was helpful if you have any more things you should watch out for in patterns you would say mm-hmm. are bad or things that would say like make the best patterns you've ever seen the easiest pattern you've ever read was like written like this or good designers you recommend good shops you recommend mm-hmm. that are like really descriptive easy patterns for everyone that have the best patterns you can also comment or email those for us to share with everybody and yeah i think that's it for this week <laughs> yeah well yeah um uh, check us out on our instagram what's the stitch dot pod and we have a TikTok now. If you are listening just to our audio only episodes, you know, listen, take a look on those and we'll try to post pictures of the things that we're talking about and the things that we're showing on the video so that you can like have that visual later. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> we talked about a lot of stuff and uh, we'll be back in about two weeks with some more stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, also send in if you have any like questions or topics you want us to cover, um, anything particular that you find interesting or difficult or just fan mail you just love us so much crazy yeah you're so happy with all the content we're putting out there and you just had to tell us yeah um well yeah hit us up on there thank you for listening we'll see you guys soon (laughs) Bye. bye